Do you want more energy and less cravings? You might be on a blood sugar roller coaster. A lot of times when we're not balancing our blood sugar with the foods that we eat and the way we live our lives, we end up with lousy energy and those cravings to dig into candy or snacks throughout the day. Or maybe you need to work on lowering your blood sugar numbers. Maybe you've been to a doctor's appointment recently and you were told that you have elevated blood sugars or prediabetes. Or maybe you struggle with the inability to lose weight and body fat. At the time that this podcast airs, we're getting ready for our April Blood Sugar Balancing Challenge. This challenge will take place inside of the Goal Getters Group. It's only $9.99 per month to join the Goal Getters Group, plus you can try it out for free with a one-week free trial. Join the April Blood Sugar Balancing Challenge as we work to implement a new blood sugar balancing hack every week in April. The challenge begins on Monday, April 1st, 2024, and is a 30-day month-long challenge. We will focus on a new habit each week to habit stack and create a better blood sugar balancing routine, focusing on more protein, veggies, vinegar, and movement. Each one of these hacks is designed to improve our metabolism, create better blood sugar balance, improved energy, reduce cravings, and work to lower overall blood sugar numbers to improve our blood work too. Join the challenge to have support and accountability with the other Goal Getters members along with guidance from your registered dietitian, me, Brittany. Join the Blood Sugar Balancing Challenge by joining the Goal Getters group with the link below in the show notes. I hope to see you there. Welcome to the Your Life Nutrition Podcast. I'm Brittany Libertor, your registered dietitian nutritionist and mindful eating dietitian. Here on the podcast, we will be answering your questions all about nutrition and wellness while breaking down nutrition misinformation and giving you the truth that you can apply to your life. We will focus on changing your habits and your mindset to help you become a healthier version of yourself and a more mindful eater. Let's ditch the diets forever, find food freedom where you can eat pizza and ice cream all without the guilt, learn how to create balanced meals and snacks, and reach your health and nutrition goals. Let's do this. Hey, I'm Brittany Libertor, your registered dietitian nutritionist and mindful eating dietitian. Welcome back, Katie. Hey, welcome back. It is mm. good to be here. <laughs> yes. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how eating disorders can lead to several different psychological side effects. So first things first, eating disorders are a serious but very treatable mental and physical illness that can affect people of all genders, ages, races, religions, ethnicities, sexual orientations, body shapes, and weights. And in the United States alone, 28.8 million Americans will suffer from an eating disorder at some point in their life. That's just like such a staggering statistic. It really is. Right there. That is so many people. I know. I mean, you you and I... think that? No. Right. I think it is more and becoming more and more prevalent, I think, with, you know, with it being tied to all of these different things that we're going to go into today. But Mm -hmm. also I've seen so much just in being a professional in the field of dietetics and, you know, under that umbrella eating disorders, I've seen a lot of research coming out about how the pandemic alone has really skyrocketed eating disorders. I think uh, kind of going along with the fact that we were isolated, people became more anxious or depressed or different things like that, which led to, you know, maybe some dependence on food. Um, You know, food is just an emotional comfort that so many people 
develop a, you know, maybe not so great relationship with. And I think just to how, um, you know, being in that isolation can lead to just a disordered mindset in some ways. And, um, you know, I, I know they were even noticing with young adults um, or teens that it was becoming very uh, prevalent as well. And I think so much of that has to do with social media. You yeah. know, people, I think people in general were on social media way more to get news. And also when not, when you don't have a ton of stuff on your schedule due to, you know, You're the world shutting down, there, right? people yeah. are on social media comparing themselves to other people or just struggling with whatever they are and scrolling and I think so much of that can really lead to eating disorders as well just being influenced by different factors absolutely so. yeah I know like the eating disorder was my lowest point or the eating disorder the pandemic was my lowest point and then uh that is also was my highest point because that's when I decided to reach out to you and say hey mm-hmm. I need help I need to kick this in the butt once and for all. I know. Isn't that so crazy? It I is crazy. I can't believe it's been a few years already. I know. Like, wow. I can't believe it. Like, I'm literally so. coming up on, like, it will be going on my third year back home. It's I crazy. Know. And a third year of, like, being in recovery. I know. Which is, which so, is crazy. So. I know. Good. Uh, I know. Yes. So, we just wanted to share with everyone today some of these psychological side effects that can come from having an eating disorder. So, we're going to... Um, list them. And as we list them, Katie and I are just going to kind of go into greater detail of, you know, why these may be, how they affected us personally and so on. So, um, first of all, anxiety, depression, and other mood disturbances can be related to having an eating disorder. So what we know is that focusing so highly on food, body image, um, all the things that are related to having an eating disorder can lead to great anxiety when you're so focused on food. Mm -hmm. You and I both know this firsthand, just like the emphasis and the, what seems like you're just thinking about food all day long can cause so much anxiety about thinking about different food situations, buying, you know, buying groceries, what you're going to eat at school, work, you know, vacation, restaurants, social situations, all that. Um, and also can lead to depression when maybe we are striving for a certain body image or physique and we're not seeing what we want to be seeing coming in the down mirror. from that high off a of binge, oh, you know? Yes, yeah, yeah, where you totally overeat and you're just like, this you're feels sad. terrible. Yeah. Right. And just mood disturbances in general. I can think to times when, yeah, I maybe had a bad day of eating mm-hmm. and how that affected how I interacted with people the rest of the day. Right, or yourself, you know? Yeah. I think about that all the time. I'm like... I was actually just having a conversation with one of my girlfriends on the way over here. And, you know, we were like, oh, I'm feeling bad about my body or I'm feeling this. And it's like, okay, but we're having like an open conversation, right? Mm -hmm. But it's like you kind of start when you when you release it out into the world that like those are your thoughts. All of a sudden, that's like no longer alone with you. Mm -hmm. I don't know. It was just so. So now when I talk about it, I really try to be so like kind of just like call a friend or do something about it because it's like makes you feel a little bit better just to say, hey, I'm having a bad body image day. You know, why am I having a bad body image day? You know, that just helps helps a little bit. Yeah, totally. Yeah, and I know for myself, um, you know, back when I struggled with anorexia in high school, I think I had a lot of anxious tendencies already. I was always worried about what other people thought about me. Um, but especially, you know, thinking about being in different eating situations, you know, if I was going to a friend's house or if I was going out somewhere or, again, if I was going on vacation 
vacation um, or I was going to be traveling for my sports uh, practices or meets or whatever, you know, I was always thinking about food and like that control that I had over food. And it made me so anxious when I felt like I wasn't in control. You know, Mm -hmm. when I didn't know it was going to be served, when I, you know, was worried if it wasn't going to fit into my plan of eating, you know, I I got very anxious. And similarly to what we were talking about too, then on the other side of things, when I was struggling with binge eating disorder after my anorexia, because of years of restriction, I then developed a binge restrict cycle um, to eat the foods that I had deemed off limits for so long. Then I really struggled with you know, uh, being anxious again around food and then being depressed when I overate, struggle with binging day after day after day, realizing that this binge restrict cycle was never going to stop unless I did something different. But, (laughs) you know, I would like try and like white knuckle it through the day and then binge at night. And I just felt like I had no control. And that definitely led to a lot of depression, um, due to the fact that I felt like I was completely out of control and I couldn't handle myself around food. Oh, so tough. (laughs) So glad those dark days are behind me. (laughs) I actually, as we are sitting here, I was like thinking to myself, like, I cannot believe how far you and me both have come on this journey. Uh, I mean, it's crazy to think like I, at one point during my eating disorder in college would like, I would pass out in the bathroom and I'd have to crawl, literally crawl to my dorm room because I was so weak. And to me to think like back then I thought that that was okay. And I was like, Oh, it's fine. Like tough it up. Like you'll be fine. Like, no, like it was like, you were clearly sick and like there was something wrong. And like, if you know, and it's like, it's just so, it is a calm full circle moment when I look at all these things that we're about to talk about and currently talking about today. And you just are like, Wow. Such ex- a victory. Such a victory. And like you experience it, you live through yeah. it and it, it, it's good to talk about it. Uh, you know? Absolutely. Um, going back to the anxiety piece too, mm-hmm. just cause I feel like so many people would qualify themselves as anxious. Oh, yeah. even if they've never been like <laughs> clinically diagnosed, oh, I, sure. I still, I still I'm feel anxious. like I, yeah, I <laughs> still feel like I have very anxious tendencies from time to time, but absolutely. I've learned to manage it in different ways. Yeah. You've had quite the journey but, doing like a really good job of managing yeah, it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, but thinking back to, again, the anxiety piece, uh, I know something that I was always very anxious about was test taking. Mm-hmm. I have had like testing anxiety since I was a little girl. <laughs> like I hated tests, um, standardized tests in school. I hated studying for the ACT, the AP exams, all those things in, in college, especially knowing that like my degree was riding on my grades mm-hmm. and how well I did on exams. And I would study so hard. I mean, I felt like I would study the most out of all my friends and I would just drive myself through, you know, I I would just put through my, put myself through the ringer. I feel like when it came to anxiety and that anxiety, what did I turn to? The Ben and Jerry's ice cream, the pizza, like the pretzels, the different foods were my comfort, you know? And so I think, you know, to help relieve those anxious you know, feelings I was facing, I would turn to food. And I think a lot of people can relate to that. So that like stress eating, emotional eating piece, I think, um, could definitely tie in with that as well. So just want to kind of connect that. No, it's great. Good point. Um, secondly, um, is low self-esteem and self-worth. Yes. Such a big one. I think right away, um, it's like all these that we are going to talk about, I we've both felt tremendously, but this is something that to this day I am still working on. Mm-hmm. And I always have to remind myself the reason why your self-esteem or your self-worth may be low is because of what you went through. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like you're choosing to have low self-esteem right. or low self-worth. It's yeah. because, like, you have 
gone through this whole mm-hmm. experience of an eating disorder and mm. it, all of these emotions and feelings and different changes have piled up into one mm-hmm. and it's it's going to be buried in you for a long time yeah. and through therapy I've been able to sift through it and through good healthy conversations with mm-hmm. you and other friends and family yeah. I mean it's gotten better but to this day I still have to look at myself in the mirror and be like you are worth it yeah. and you are beautiful and you mm-hmm. can do this and you can't let anything distract you from the end goal which is really just making sure that like you know your self-worth is number one absolutely so. and just yeah realizing that you have control over that confidence oh yeah uh confidence doesn't come from a number on the scale um you know better <laughs> I self wish it was i know <laughs> better self-esteem and self-worth doesn't come from a number on the scale a clothing size you know or looking at yourself in the mirror it, it really is what you identify as and practicing those self-affirmations those body affirmations by telling yourself like you are beautiful you are smart you are kind and again starting even simply with things like you know um i always think back to that movie the help you are smart (laughs) oh my gosh i I love that line i don't i I feel like i never get it right but me neither but i you are smart you are kind you are important i think that's it um yeah yeah, and i just and i love how that she said it to the little girl because i like think about that now with like having gianna just like building up um you know what your environment is also uh, is also going to dictate i feel like how your self-esteem is so your parents your friends um your coworkers, people that you're close with like you know are they building you up positively and and focusing on self-esteem and self-worth isn't about looks. No, you know, it no. can't. It can it play can into be, that. But, it's, but yeah. especially coming from an eating disorder background, I really work with my clients um, on focusing on all the other assets that they have, all of the other you know strengths and positive parts of them that they do like. Because sometimes you do have to work on that self-image. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, just focusing on how can you boost that self-esteem and self-worth and I know for me too um sometimes it means that I am getting new clothes or things that I am excited to wear because sometimes it's like this doesn't fit me like it used to or you know I just don't feel pretty in this or whatever and it's like okay well I'm going to get something or wear something or pick outfits I know we've talked about this in previous episodes changing your outfit to something that you are going to feel more confident in and I think when you have that moment of whether it's the looks or it's something different like a different outfit or a food Mm -hmm. you're treating or not treating but like a Join or whatever. Yeah, fun foods. Like, yes. I, yeah, the fun foods. I say when I'm like eating a bagel with cream cheese, because as you've heard in previous episodes, carbs, I was like terrified of them and refused to eat them. Yeah. And I don't have a big binge on them. So when I'm eating a bagel with cream cheese freely now, I'm like, man, I'm like, I love this. I'm so proud of myself. Yeah. And actually, today, looks wise, I had a moment where I like honestly like was like was like running around like heading to my live shot whatever and like of course like I looked at myself in the mirror like I did my makeup this morning for mm-hmm. work and but like I didn't really take it in it was more like going through the motions mm-hmm. of like putting that mascara on doing what I do every single day Monday yeah. through Friday well 
I all of a sudden I looked in the mirror at one point and I was like, oh wow. I was like, you you look pretty today. Yeah. <laughs> so I think in those you really you gotta live in those small moments in life yeah. of like when you look up, when you it's almost like you're texting, right? And you're not yeah. paying attention to your family around you or your friends, and you look up and you're say, Oh, what what did you say? Okay, well that's what it is. It's right. like in that moment you have to realize your self-worth mm-hmm. and your self-esteem, and you have to pat yourself on the back and say, you know what, I do look good today, or you know what, I am enjoying this bagel or yeah. I am treating myself to a new pair of pants mm-hmm. maybe because they're too the old ones you have are too big or too small mm-hmm. but that's okay and in that moment you take a deep breath and you're just so happy that you're able to, yes. to have that that moment oh I love that yeah. and I think um you know the whole self-esteem thing in regards to the eating I think also comes from the fact that you went through the coaching program and you built so much confidence in your food choices you build so much confidence around food and like acknowledging like I want a bagel and cream cheese yeah. and I girl I'm gonna have that bagel and cream cheese and I think that just really does boost how you feel about living your life mm-hmm. because we do eat so much during the day so it's like how how long of a time were you and I going through life so anxious about every food choice we made and now like that also improves and affects your self-confidence and your self-esteem which is like I know how to nourish my body now and like food isn't good or bad and I'm not punishing myself for what I am or am not eating like I'm literally enjoying life and enjoying food and eating intuitively so yeah I think that definitely plays into it as well um great social isolation yes number three social isolation so this really is exactly what it sounds like it's are you isolating (laughs) yourself based upon your food rules are you isolating yourself um or you know not choosing to go into different social situations not going to outings or parties or whatever it may be or being secretive about your food and your eating because of an eating disorder or disordered eating i did this all the time Mm -hmm. it was a thing that really took hold of me it would be like I'd come home in college and I'd be on Christmas break and I'd be like no I can't go to this or like I would push back like something with friends like it wasn't to the point where it was super obvious like I would show up at like the big important things but I would push back certain events like and I'd be like oh no like I'm not this weight and I'm not worthy, going back to self-worth, I'm not worthy enough to be there mm. because maybe I can't wear this outfit. Or like, mm. oh, man, it's Christmas Eve. Like, you know what I mean? It's it's that self-isolation where you're just like, you know what? I'm going to hang out alone tonight, and I'm not going to go mm. out. Or even when I was in my first and second news market, like, I would almost, like, hide away on the weekend sometimes mm-hmm. because, like, I just didn't even want to deal with, like, the body stuff. Like, I just mm-hmm. was like, you know what? I don't feel pretty enough. I don't really want to go out. Mm-hmm. And instead of going out and, like, doing the healthy thing and having social interaction, don't get me wrong, I went out and had a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. with the, <laughs> the moments when I didn't, you know, yeah. feel that way and not want to be social, I knew that I was deep and I knew that I would binge that weekend. And I knew it was like, so it's almost like if you went out and you saw a friend or a neighbor or whatever, it was almost going to be better off. It's kind of my point that I'm making. Um, And I just think a lot with the social isolation is like you feel so alone and you feel so bogged down in it that you can't like you just you shut down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I think back to similarly to what you shared 
there were definitely things that I avoided because if I knew there weren't going to be like my safe foods or if I felt like, oh, I'm, you know, not going to be able to eat healthy at that Mm -hmm. get together or that restaurant's not going to have what I want or they're not going to have food that I, you know, am, Mm -hmm. uh, that I feel is like okay to eat, then I, maybe I'm going to go to the event, but I'm going to go late so I can eat first. And I don't, I think there's, you know, there's a fine line of like doing that out of restriction Mm -hmm. versus, okay, I like truly want to nourish myself in this certain way. And so I'm going to eat beforehand, like, or maybe I'm going to eat some beforehand so that, you know, I can better, you know, manage my hunger and all that kind of stuff when I arrive. But so there's definitely a fine line. It's like, what's your intention? Is your intention because you're not allowing yourself to have those other things? Or is it truly that your body's going to feel better if, you know, X, Y, Z. So Anyway, I just think those social situations um, could definitely be due to either the self-esteem piece and, like, you know, f- how are you feeling or body comparison and all that, or but also is it because you are so controlling of your food that you will not eat in front of other people or you don't want to share meals with them or snacks with them or whatever or you don't want them to see you eating or not eating because there's another part of that too, so. Yeah, I think also it's, like, my biggest... And I said this, but just to reemphasize, I think my weekends where I was the most self-isolated throughout my whole entire eating disorder was the weekends where I was binging and Mm self-loathing and just so, like, couldn't switch, flip the switch. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now we've learned both how to flip that switch. Yes. So, very important. So important. So, number four is difficulty with relationships (laughs) and how that impacts, um you know, your life when you're managing an eating disorder or disordered eating. And I think part of this could be, again, maybe it's um, parents or guardians that you're struggling with relationship with because maybe they made you feel bad about your body or maybe they restricted your food or whatever that may be. Or maybe it's um, struggling with a spouse or significant other because of, again, maybe they're shaming you based on your food choices or maybe they're not supporting you or maybe they're trying to self-sabotage you if you are trying to like lose weight or different things um or do you struggle with relationship with friends because they're always inviting you out or over to like do things and you are pushing back because you have your food rules and you have your routines Mm -hmm. and different things and you aren't allowing yourself to live um and be in relationship with these other people including food situations so yeah there's so many components to that it is yeah it is like pandora's box with that <laughs> it is <laughs> it sounds like something where you're like oh like why would someone you know have a hard time with a really you know relationships because you have a hard time with your relationship with the food well let me tell you <laughs> i think you know right off the bat the first thing i think of would be family and friends right mm-hmm. um i remember vividly hiding a lot from Mm -hmm. specifically my family and friends um and that that can just dive even more deeper I mean I don't have time to get into all of it but I think one a couple examples with friends is it's like in college we would be at somewhere and then like someone would be like like you know like Katie like why don't you like eat that and I'm like no like and it would be so frustrating because it would be like I don't like no that's like I'm not in my head I'm not allowed to eat that and then that would kind of like I don't know. It would just, like, that whole, all my friends, it just made me feel, like, uncomfortable or whatever. 
And so I think it's like, then you don't want people to notice. So then that kind of gives you anxiety. And it's just a big piling up feeling. Now, when it comes to, you know, your dating life, I mean, I'll say this, something I struggle with to this day is like, I don't know why, like I put it all over social media, (laughs) but for whatever reason, like it's difficult for me to like talk about it. Cause like, I don't know, like, like, like you could. You can look at social media and you could find it out. But, like, to me, it's just such, like, a sacred, deep topic mm-hmm. to, like, let a new person into yeah. that. Like, and, and it's very vulnerable It's very to vulnerable. Share. And yeah. it's, like, difficult. And it just it is. is, like, it's so, um, like, sure, if you're asking me about it, like, yeah, I'll talk about it. But, like, I don't, it's almost like I'm living in the moment of recovery and in the future. Mm-hmm. And in the present, like, I just am done living in the past. Mm-hmm. Mine is coming on here and talking about it. Yeah. <laughs> but. Like, you know what I mean? I think it's, yeah. like, it's it's difficult, and, you know, you are obviously married now, and, you know, Brian is great, and, and you know, you guys have a beautiful little daughter now. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's been great for you guys to be yeah. able to, you know, watching you and Brian kind of, and how you've navigated that has, yeah. been, has been really, really nice and lovely, so. Yeah, thank you, and I agree. I think every, I echo so much of what you shared. There were definitely times, especially I feel like my eating disorder days where, you know, my I'd come home from practice and I'd be making up a plate of food for myself and my mom would be like, Brittany, are you going to eat more? And I'd be like, all right, I ate already or I had a snack or whatever. And I was like always like trying to cover up like what I did or didn't eat. Or if my family made up a plate of dinner for me because I was coming home late, I would like scoop some of it back in the fridge and like you know back in containers and like eat a much smaller amount and oh yeah try and like pretend like they didn't see that and all the time oh my gosh and (laughs) hiding wrappers then on the other side of things when I was in my binge eating disorder days like you know I was rooming with other people and I never wanted them to know like I had had a binge like I may tell them later but I didn't want to have the embarrassment of like all these wrappers in the garbage and whatnot so there was definitely so much hidden about that I think like that's such a red flag like if you can identify that you're hiding your behaviors from your family and friends like that's a red flag like I think the way you eat in private you should be able to eat in public and that that is is a really good point I mean sure some of us are maybe messy eaters maybe you have some weird like food combinations (laughs) that you're like all right (laughs) other people probably don't eat this but we all have that right like my mom would be all have that my mom would be like don't ever let anybody ever see you eat in public Katie (laughs) it's only because like I'm just I love food yeah (laughs) but I think just identifying that is is really big and like are you struggling with relationships due to your eating your eating patterns your routines things like that yeah it's it's a big one it is it is still Um, working on it yeah yeah and it's definitely what we would call like an emotionally intimate topic like you were saying like it Mm -hmm. can be hard to kind of open up and be vulnerable and share those kinds of things but you know if you are forming a deeper relationship with maybe a significant other or a new friend and you know in your life I think it's very important to you know if you trust that person to open up um so that they can help hold you accountable they can support you in ways that you would feel most supported so yeah um yeah and the last one and number five is personality changes which um I think kind of goes along with some of the other things that we've already shared about just like tendencies and in regards like personality I feel like I again was um, in the days of my anorexia I was certainly like uh hangry a lot. <laughs> so in regards to personality, like 
you know, I was hungry because I was starving yeah. and I was losing substantial amounts of weight and I was restricting so much that I don't feel like I was a very pleasant person to be around, at least with my family. Right. Because I was so hungry. Hmm. And um, then I think kind of on the other side of things, when I was really struggling in my binge eating disorder days and I felt so out of control around food, you know, I feel like I was not, um, I was not necessarily like the kindest to be around after a binge because I was so frustrated and ashamed and like I just didn't want to you know be around other people during that time that I was struggling yeah it's it's so difficult it's I know I think about personality changes and I'm kind of like I don't know if it's like I don't want to say like drastically the only thing I could think of would kind of be the whole like if I like stayed in on the weekend and like skipped Mm, something but again I mean it's I'm definitely one of those people, and you are too, where, like, if you looked at my social media feed, I mean, now I'm, like, open about everything, but, like, if you followed me in college and and you knew me in college, like, Mm -hmm. I really, you wouldn't know. Like, do you know what I mean? Like, you Mm -hmm. wouldn't know that maybe I skipped that night of this or this was my behind-the-scene, like, thought process of, like, why, like, I didn't want to go out and do this or why I, you know, went away for the weekend or did that. Like, you know, it's just, it's interesting. But I think um, there were moments when, like, I would be wanting to, like, get away for the weekend so I could, like, you know, either I was depressed and then wanted to binge or binge and then depressed. You know what I mean? Like, I think there was, like, a little mm-hmm. bit of, like, that that combination going on. Yeah. And that definitely changed my personality because everybody knows me as, like, a super, super, like, <laughs> happy-go-lucky, like, always be bopping around yeah. and doing this and that. So if I'm not doing this and that, you know, and I'm not tired. <laughs> right. Then maybe there's something that's wrong and, and, yeah. and, and there was. So Yeah, and identifying that within people in your life that you know, like if you see like a big change in them, you know, is there a reason for that? And being able to notice that within yourself and within others that you are close with um could be helpful in seeing if they might need help. So um yeah, this is definitely kind of a deeper, different topic um, than maybe some of the things that we've talked about previously. But, you know, it was just mental um, mental health awareness month or week or something mm-hmm. like that. And I think this is one of the things that kind of came up with uh, what really the psychological impacts are with controlling food and eating, um, you know, whether it be disordered eating or full-blown de- eating disorder. And we didn't really talk about all the kinds of eating disorders there are, but there are so many. So if you are struggling with the way you eat or the way you approach food or you feel like someone else in your life is, we would highly recommend for you to check out the NIDA website, which stands for National Eating Disorders Awareness or Association website. Um, And they just have a plethora of resources regarding just information about eating disorders, how to help someone that you uh, know or love or even help yourself and just what you can do to seek treatment and help. So there's just so much that we personally struggle with and we just want to share information on, you know, what's not what is not normal um, to hopefully bring to light things that um, may help you on your journey. 
So we hope that you found this information yeah. to be helpful. Katie, can you tell people where they can go find you, read more about your journey? <laughs> yes, of course. Um, I'm on all social media platforms. Um, so you can just look up my name, Kate Tersek. And yeah, my journey's over there. Awesome. <laughs> well, thanks so much. We will continue releasing a new podcast episode together every other week. And we'll talk to you on the next episode. Do you struggle with figuring out what foods to eat and how to meal plan? Maybe it's stress or emotional eating, not feeling comfortable in your clothes, feeling overwhelmed with weight gain, or maybe you need to lower your blood pressure, blood sugar, or cholesterol. If you answered yes to any of those questions, I would love to help you. To learn more about working with me, either one-on-one or to join our private accountability group called the Goal Gutters Group, head to my website, www.yourlifenutrition.org. If you want to have a free discovery call to see if we'd be a good fit to work together, fill out the coaching application and I will contact you to set up our call and we can see which option would work best for you. On the Your Life Nutrition website, you will also find recipes, testimonials, and other blog posts that you might find helpful on your journey. If you enjoyed today's episode and you want to follow along with more things Your Life Nutrition, you could check us out on Instagram and Facebook at Your Life Nutrition, where I love to post daily inspiration to help you become a healthier version of yourself.